is, is we do, we have Ron coming here next week, my, my, uh, my pastor, uh, the overseer of this church, Ron Corzine, coming in next week. Uh, man, y'all be here. He is phenomenal. He, he encourages me. I talk to him weekly, call him up and, and just talk about random things, whether it be spiritual or whether it just be stuff that's going on in life. And, and uh, he's a phenomenal man of God. And so I encourage you to be here next week. It's going to be great. And then starting right after that, we're going to continue the Pray Bold series, but we're going to jump into uh, uh, kind of a, a little bit of a different prayer. Um, I think it's very easy when we think of prayer, first of all, to get intimidated by it because, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's prayer, right? And, and you're talking to God, and so that's got to be some sort of, um, you know, religious rote something that you do. And if you don't say it just right, no, look, it's communication. It's just talking. And so uh, we're going to start a... a uh, continuing with the pray bold, but we're going to do it, I'm going to reflect as opposed to most of our prayers, which are about something else or about somebody else. I'm going to encourage you guys to reflect inwardly um, because I, I think a lot of the prayers that we're talking about in praying bold, if we want to see the results in life, that, that if we want to see the miracles happen that we're praying for in other people's lives, we, we got to be willing to, to be a vessel. Uh, and, and that starts by just saying, God, I need you to... to to use me in ways that I can't even begin to imagine. Um, I, I don't believe it's any accident or, or a coincidence that uh, this building, we named it 3410, and the address here is 3410 North Main. And the reason that uh, we really wanted to stick to that was because of Exodus 3410. And I want to real quickly read this to you. It says, Exodus 34.10, which I believe is the promise of God. God made a promise to his people then. I believe he's making it to his people now. That's you and us. It says this. The Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you before all your people. That's, that's the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people that you like, the people that you don't like. It's everybody. Before all your people, I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see how awesome it is, the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Look, I truly believe that God wants to do something great right here within our area, right here within Northeast Texas. But, but I, I want you to understand his wonders don't just happen without us truly seeking him, without an inward reflection, without saying, God, man, we need you for this to happen, without an acknowledgement of who he is in our lives. And, but then all of a sudden when we do, it's in those moments that now all of a sudden we see and the people we live among see how awesome it is, the work that God is doing here. Um, we talked from the beginning of, of before Pray Bold, it, it was boldness. And from the beginning of our boldness series, we said this. We said boldness wasn't so much the key as spending time with Christ. Boldness is just the natural flow of what happens when we, when we take moments out of our own days and spend time with Christ. When we get to know him on a deeper level. Time with Christ produces faith. Faith produces a boldness. Boldness then produces the results, the miracles that, that we read about through the New Testament. These mighty acts of God, we see these things, we read these things throughout Scripture, and a lot of times we wonder, well, how come that happened for them? And you'll have people preach, well, that's, that's New Testament time. That was because they were, you know, living with Jesus. Or that was, no, man, Christ said, I, I go, but I send you somebody that's even greater, somebody that wants to dwell within you. It's my presence, my spirit in your life, so that you too may see these same things. So just the same today, we can experience the same miracles, the same results that they experienced as Jesus walked the earth, but it begins with just the acknowledgement of, man, I need to spend time with Christ. If, if prayer is nothing more than communication, then communication works best in a relationship. 
It's about a relationship. Time with Christ, producing faith, producing boldness, producing results. Again, the concentration for us, I believe, the hard part for all of this is the, right there at the top, that time with Christ, which produces the faith part. The rest, again, is just a result of the, the, the natural outflow, the natural overflow of time with him. So after boldness, we've been concentrating specifically on communicating with God our prayers and our confidence to just pray bold. Stepping out from the mundane, the mediocre, the, 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 the prayers that I, I truly believe just proliferate the, 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 the mediocre Christian culture of today. And I'm not talking to like try and downgrade or, or, or talk bad about Christians in general, but what I'm saying is, is we've kind of fallen into a, a sense of complacency. A sense of it, it is what it is. It will be what it will be. And, and we don't truly grasp the strength and the power that we have through Christ. What I want us to do is, is choose to pray bold, dynamic, faith-filled prayers that, that truly allow God then to reveal himself through us that then we see how awesome it is the work that God is doing. The people we live among see how awesome it is the work that God is doing. I want to give you a quick example of what I'm talking about because I think what happens with messages like these over these last couple weeks, um, especially dealing not just with Christianity but with our, our prayer life, is a, a complacency that happens over time. Um, and what that complacency does is it produces a, a weak outlook. The example I want to give you, when I was uh, a senior, it was the, the summer of junior, senior year in high school, my parents decided to move to Colorado. I lived, I grew up in South Texas, uh, born and raised, I mean, 10 miles from Mexico. I knew nothing but cactus and flat. That was it, that and the beach. Uh, that was nice. But I mean, it was, I was down in South Texas. There was nothing there except for cactus, flat, and the beach. Uh, and all of a sudden, it was my, my junior, senior year, um, that summer, my parents said, man, we're going to move to Colorado. We moved up to a town called Woodland Park for my senior year of high school. And Woodland Park, um, the house that we moved into was nestled uh, uh, kind of up on the side of this mountain, but about 10,000 feet elevation. And the thing about Colorado Springs, from Colorado Springs, it's about 5,000, a uh, little over 5,000 foot elevation. Straight up the mountain pass, you have, you have Woodland Park. And right on top of that mountain is at 10,000 is just this, this beautiful little tiny mountain town. And what sets this, this whole little area apart is, is Pikes Peak. Pikes Peak is, a, is a, called a 14er, 14,110 feet, somewhere around there in elevation. And so you have, you have Woodland Park, Colorado Springs at 5,000, Woodland Park at 10,000, and then just out of nowhere is this majestic mountain that just towers over everything. There's, there's plenty of other 14ers in, in all of the, uh, in the states. I mean, there's, there's a lot of other 14ers. Not so many that just stand out alone because there's nothing else around. The highest elevation, 10,000, there's Pikes Peak in all its grandeur, all its glory. Um, I, in fact, real quickly, I want to show you a couple photos. Uh, I, I don't know how well you can see some of these, but, but this, is, this right here is a picture of what's called Rampart Range Reservoir. This was just a, a mile away from my house. We'd drive around the corner, and, and we'd be at this lake. Uh, I mean, just this gorgeous lake, and off in the background, you can see that one mountain. That's Pikes Peak just standing, towering over everything. I mean, the beauty, the waters were pristine. They were gorgeous. Here's, here's actually the view, uh, basically, from my house, looking from my house. There was these glass windows in our living room, and we'd look right out the house windows, and that was every morning. I'd wake up to that. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Wake up. This was my drive into town. 
That's Woodland Park, Colorado. That's my drive back into town. There's Pikes Peak in, in all its beauty, all its glory. And, and when I first moved to Colorado, I noticed that there were people who, they lived as though they hadn't seen the mountain. I mean, I woke up daily. Here I am, a South Texas boy. I woke up daily and I gawked. I mean, my, my, my jaw on the floor, I just, I drooled. It was amazing. I mean, you couldn't help but wake up and think, God, you're amazing. How awesome is this? A couple years later, after living there for a while, I started to notice that there were days, maybe even weeks, that would go by where, where I hadn't noticed the mountain. And I started to think about why, and I would say it was because I got familiar with the mountain. And something that should have been extraordinary, something that should have been awe-inspiring, something that should have made my mouth just drop on a daily basis became so commonplace to me that I actually started to not even notice the beauty. I think the same thing happens with both church, with our Christian walk, and, man, especially with prayer life, with our prayer. At first, it's awe-inspiring, and at first, you're sitting there going, man, this is amazing, this is incredible. We, we think about church, and, and we're so excited. It's a place that we can serve. It's a place that, that we can bring our friends to. It's a place that we can give to, and, and we're excited about it. We're all behind it, and, and then over time, we start to just get used to it. So the same with our prayer life. When you're first saved and you realize the maker, the creator of the heavens and the earth wants nothing more than to walk in relationship with you. You you step out of these moments and you you sit there, you're, oh my goodness, the Lord God, the creator of all is looking to just, to talk to me. He wants to hear from me. And and he wants to to reflect back into my life. He wants to build me up. He wants to encourage me. And, And in those moments you're sitting there thinking, this is amazing. But after a while we get familiar with the mountains. And what, make you, what, what used to make you say, ooh, and ah, now it, it just is commonplace. And I, I think in, uh, across the board in a lot of our lives, some of us have gotten way too complacent in the miraculous move of God that's happening right here. So I, today, what, I, what I'm really hoping to do, what my prayer is, is to help you stand back and just to see the mountains. Just to see the mountain in your own life. The mountains for what they really are. To see the move of God, to see how awesome it is, the work that he is wanting to do through you. To to see prayer, the opportunity to step out and be bold in in what you're asking of God. And to believe and have faith for it, to to step out. Look, don't get get familiar with the mountain. Um, Today what I want to do is is teach us, move us to pray in a a little bit of a, a different light with power and with passion. Prayer, I think it's very easy for that to get commonplace. You know, I hate we, God, would you be with me today? Would you, would you protect me today? God, would you bless this double cheeseburger dripping with fat? Make it a nourishment to my body. <laughs> and the supersized fries that go with it. <laughs> but look, I, I really do. I want to encourage each and every one of us to pray a, a, a bold, big, specific prayer. Because general prayers, I don't believe general prayers move God to action. General prayers don't necessarily move God to action. James, James said this. He, he wrote a book in the Bible called James. Ta-da. And James said this. Having walked with Jesus, he says, he wrote, in, he wrote in his book, he said, we have not because we do not ask. 
You don't have certain things because you just, you just haven't asked for them. You haven't grasped the depth, the width, the, the power of God that's available to you, his spirit, alive and well inside of your lives. And so instead, you walk around your life thinking, well, this is just the way my life's going to be. This is how it's always been. This is, this is the way I'm supposed to live. Or, or even worse, because of what I've done, this is how things are. When all the while, God's saying, man, I've got something so much bigger for you than you could ever begin to imagine. I want to pray bold, faith-filled, specific, passionate prayers. The particular prayer that I want to look at today is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And, and Paul is writing, and now look, I, I'm, I'm going to preface Paul. Paul was Saul. Saul traveled around, and his whole job, everything that he did was literally, I'm just going to go find people that are calling themselves followers of Christ, Christians. I'm going to persecute them. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to destroy their lives. That was his job. So if at any point in your life you ever look back at your past and say, well, how could God use me? Look what I've done. Man, I would beg to ask, were you killing Christians? Because even if you were, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not okay. You should probably. But here's Paul. Paul now, he's gotten this revelation of something so much deeper that, that I pray we grab a hold of today. In Ephesians chapter 3, he, he prays this prayer to the, the church in Ephesus. He starts off and he says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He continues on and he says, And I pray that you, being rooted, established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, this love, Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, according to Christ, according to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, an awesome prayer. And what I want to do this morning, Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, I just want to step back and I want to take a couple of those verses at a time and hopefully uh, reflect on, on some things that I, I think would, could truly, truly, truly impact your life today. Starting with verses 14 and 15, Paul, and this is just something I want to point out, and I love Brandon brought this up about worship. Listen here. For this reason I kneel before the Father. Now, in typical Jewish culture at the time, Paul was used to actually standing, praying with his, his palms outright. But for this particular passage, he, he chose a posture of kneeling. So the same as Pastor Brandon was talking about for worship. Man, look, sometimes, sometimes worship, it, it, you, you need to sit down and just lay yourself out before God. So the same with prayer. Sometimes, man, you want to pray standing up. Sometimes you may pray kneeling. Sometimes you may pray completely prostrate, laid out on the floor. You may, you may pray before a meal. You may pray while driving down the road. Don't get caught up in the religious rote of what prayer should be that you, that you miss out on the relationship, the personal aspect of, of man, I'm just communicating with God. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And then in verse 16, he continues on. He says this, I pray that out of God's glorious riches. 
Now, I think this is something, uh, a part of what we, what we grow accustomed to. Part of the, the Christian walk, if you will, that, that we kind of just become commonplace in our lives. Paul is recognizing that his heavenly father has every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms available to us. Every spiritual blessing, come on, every spiritual blessing available to us. Not just what I see in my, as my need. God, man, I, I don't have enough to, to, to make this month's bills. I, I need this much more money to month to, to make it every week, to make it every month. I need to be able to feed my family. Lord God, I just need this month. The doctor's bills came in. We weren't expecting it. I just need this much. And in our minds, we sit there and we allocate certain amounts, certain levels to, to what we think God can do. But, but all the while, God's dealing on a whole bigger uh, spectrum than, than we even ever acknowledge. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, earlier in Ephesians, Paul had already said, I thank my God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. Look, Paul's got this acknowledgement, he's got this realization that, that God's got more than anything I could ask or imagine. God has already made available to us every possible spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. In Philippians 4, Paul also wrote this. He said, my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches. But see, we, we become commonplace. We become just, just apathetic in our walk, in our lives, with how we look at what God is able to pour out on our lives. And so all of a sudden, our, our prayers turn from, from this acknowledgement that God can do anything to, to God, man, would you, would you help me with my day-to-day? And we leave it. We serve a spiritually rich heavenly father. Spiritually rich father. And yet so many of us are, are living spiritually impoverished lives. We have every spiritual blessing available to us. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms available to us. And God desires to give those blessings to each and every one. And yet we, we result in these small insignificant prayers. Guys, we've got to pray bold. At some point in your life, you're going to have to step out from the mundane, the mediocre, and say, God, I, I believe in you. And if you say those simple words, I believe in you, then, then with that comes this acknowledgement that, that, yes, he as well then can fulfill and, and come in and, and impart into your life things that you can't even begin to comprehend or imagine. But it's trusting him to do so. Faith-filled prayers, because man, it, Scripture tells us God delights in blessing his children. Paul says this, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with, what, what word does that say? Come on, help me out. What word? Strengthen you with? One more time. Strengthen you with? There you go. So God wants to strengthen you with power. He would strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So something that each and every one of us have, the, the presence, the spirit of God in our lives, it gives us, it, it, it comes into our lives, and all of a sudden it shows forth as a power, as a strength that we can't even begin to comprehend sometimes. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You want to spend time with Christ? You want to build your faith? It comes with an acknowledgement of the power that's already been given you. 
You're not some haphazard, well, I think I'm going to make it if God shows up today. No, God's saying my spirit is already alive and well in you. You're going to make it. You can throw your shoulders back, head held high, and swagger your way up into any situation. Boom. Look, on this verse, I love this, and I've, I've preached this here before, man, but it's so awesome. The Greek word that's translated as power, say power for me. The Greek word translated as power is called dunamis. That, that word dunamis is also the very word that we derive dynamite from. Dynamite. It, look, this word literally means the explosive, miraculous power of God. And yet we walk around thinking that the power of God in our lives is, is the ability to make it through the day. Look, man, he gave you a stick of dynamite. <laughs> it's not like human power. This is like a supernatural power. It's something I pray, Paul is saying, I pray that he may strengthen you with a dynamic dunamis, with this dynamic dynamite type of supernatural power. It's available to each and every one of us. Look, I, I, myself, in my life, in my walk, I need, I desperately need the power of God in my life. If I'm going to survive as a parent, I need the dunamis power of God in my life. I, I mean, joking aside, each and every one of us, look, I, we have to have the dynamic, this dynamite power of God in our lives. Otherwise, we're just slipping by. And living life slipping by, man, it hurts. I need the power to stand strong against spiritual opposition that comes in daily. I need more than I have, that, that, I, that I currently have within this physical realm. I need, I need to be able to tap into a supernatural realm, into heavenly realms. I need dunamis, God's power, but it's, it's already been given to each and every one of us, and yet a lot of us just aren't tapping into it. It's like uh, we, we, if you call into a computer repair center. You call into a computer repair center, yes, I'm having some issues with my computer, and one of the very first things that they're going to tell you is, uh, sir, let's check the power cable. Have you plugged it in? Seriously? I mean, but look, you know they asked that because there was some idiot out there <laughs> who didn't plug it in, right? I mean, we laugh, we joke about it, but at some point in time, there was somebody who didn't just simply plug in the computer, and now they have to ask at the beginning of every single phone call, um, sir, have you plugged that in? How often in our Christian walk do we walk around laughing at other people that haven't plugged in the power on their computer and yet, and yet we're walking around having never plugged in our own lives into the power that God has already made available to each and every one of us. It's, it's not even something that, that we have to strive for or work for. God's saying, I've given you my power, my strength, my spirit alive and well in your life and yet, and yet you're living your life unplugged from the power. There's more power available to us through his Holy Spirit out of the glorious riches of God if, if you'll simply call on it, ask him for it, or pray bold for it. Verse 17, Paul continues, he writes, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, there's that word again, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Now, now, why do you need power to know how much God loves you? 
Again, this is one of those areas that I think becomes commonplace in our lives and we, we stop seeing the mountains. Paul says this, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If you want all the fullness of God, it starts simply with just a, a basic understanding, a supernatural revelation of God loves you more than anything. We have a, a series we do here on relationships, and, and, and before we do relationships, a lot of times I like to speak on, on how God builds. And, and the way God builds, it's first revelationally, and then relationally, and, and then generationally. But that first one, that, that, that uh, revelationally, man, you, look, we can't naturally understand God's love. It doesn't make sense to us. We don't, we don't comprehend. We did a whole series on, on just talking about love and the different words that we have for love. And, and then there's the word that God uses for love, this agape, this, this, this love that knows no bounds, knows no, no, no heartache or hurt. It just it is love. It's got to be supernaturally revealed because it's not natural to us. Our, our finite minds don't, don't have the, the capacity to, to naturally grasp on our own, to comprehend on our own how much God loves us. Look, parents, uh, everybody across this room, one of, one of the most important prayers that you can pray over your kids, over your loved ones, over your family, is that God would give them the power to understand how much he loves them. Because if you can start to grasp how much God loves you, then you're not relying on love being thrown at you from the world. You're not relying on, on finding your place in, in, in a society that sits there and tells you you're fat one day, you're skinny the next, or, or, or you're this or you're that or, or everything. Man, when you can sit there and you can truly start to grasp that, that God loves you no matter what, uh, man, it, it changes lives. You don't need approval from people because all your approval comes from God. You're not sucked into temptations and heartache, but you're, all of a sudden you stand strong with something just as simple as the approval of God, understanding he loves you. With God, love is not what he does. Love is who he is. He is love. And when you recognize that, then, then all of a sudden you stand from the strength. Uh, and, and I love this, this thought, man. Look, there is nothing that I can do to cause him to love me more. We could stand up across this room and, and we could say, okay, those that are, you know, have memorized the most of the Bible, you stand over here. And those that have never even cracked it, you get to stand over here. That's not really how we're separated this morning. But, but it wouldn't matter because God loves across the room the same. We could sit there and say, okay, well, well, who already spends time in prayer? Those that, that you know, you're, you're spending over 50% of your day just constantly daily walking in prayer. And, and those that don't pray at all. And, and God, all the same, is saying, I love you. But with that as well, with the understanding that there's nothing I can do to make God love me more, also comes the understanding that there's nothing I have done or could do that could make God love me less. Again, we could line you up across the room and we could put those that are living the holiest and, and those that never have. Those that sit there and look at their past and, their, and the things that have happened in life and say, how could he ever love me? And I, I'm telling you today, God loves across the room the same. He doesn't love me because of what I do. He loves me just because of who he is. And when that overtakes your life, when you start to grasp, when you start to understand what that is, suddenly uh, Christianity, this walk, this, this Christ follower life is not something I do on a Sunday. It's who I am. 
It's who I'm called to be. I, I, I have a power. When, when, I, when I came before, when I said those simple prayers saying, God, I need you in my life. I can't do this on my own. When I said I need you, at that very moment, there was a power that filled me, the same power that fills you across this room. It's not like I have some greater power than somebody else. Across this room, when you say the simple words, God, I need you in my life, at that very moment, that same power that conquered the grave lives alive inside of you. I have power that dwells within me so that Christ lives within my inner being. We're living with a spiritually rich father and yet so often living like spiritually impoverished children. Simply because we haven't tapped into what he has already made available for us in heavenly realms. Guys, again, I'm praying today that this church, that you and I, the body of Christ, would would have a, a deeper, more meaningful spiritual encounter than you've ever had in your life. That, that life wouldn't be lived with a forgotten mountain. That the day uh, of your salvation wasn't just a, a fleeting once, once was, and, but, but it's, it's a daily recognition, an acknowledgement. That it wouldn't just be, uh, okay, I'm singing a song at church. I'm singing a song. Time for the cowboys to play. but that all of a sudden you'd realize that you're dwelling in the presence of God. Every day when you wake up, you walk with the Spirit of God alive in your life. I I don't wake up and have to go search for it. I don't don't wake up and have to find it again. I don't don't wake up and and my life is hell and I got to go find God and make it better. No, 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 no. Christ is alive and well inside of me. Anything I face, anything that I wake up and tries to stand in my way, I can sit there and say by the power of the God that lives inside of me, by the power of his spirit alive and well today, you have no hold on me. Not today, Satan. His spirit guiding us. And man, I I do, I, I would pray that as we spend time with him, all of a sudden, man, the scripture, the word of God would start to just jump off the pages, that, that as you pray, there would, there would be an excitement, just a, a, a fervor within your life that would start to well up from within that, that would change you completely, convicting you of sin, leading you into right places. Man, I'm having, I'm having the faith to do things that it would seem impossible to do otherwise should be your daily, daily quote. Because each and every one of us has a supernatural power alive inside of, uh, of each and every one of us, but it begins with understanding how much God loves you. Your identity is not based on what you have or what you do, but on what God thinks about you. Your prayers change when you know how much God loves you and that, that his power dwells within you. As I, as I go ahead and close this morning, the, the band's going to be coming up. I want to real quickly finish out the last couple verses on, on, uh, on this passage. Um, look, we, we pray bold. We pray bold to a God who provides all of our needs according to his riches and his glory. Why? Again, a, a lot of times I think we get this idea that, that prayer is for me, you know, or, or we'll, we'll pray for, for others, but we don't, we don't truly recognize the power that God has already given us, and, and not just so that we can look better. That, that's not what it's about. It's so that God's glory can be revealed, so that generations can be changed, so that lives can be changed for eternity, not great for one day. Not
great for eternity that all of a sudden we realize that he wants us to have abundant life, a life filled with blessing, a life filled, and, and, and I'm not trying to get into some, uh, you know, prosperity gospel message, but I am saying, look, God wants to prosper you. It's not a bad thing. We put this negative connotation on it, but, but God is looking to pour out blessings in heavenly realms upon our lives, and yet we walk around just mundane thinking, well, well if, I, if I can just make it through today, thank you, God. We must pray bold. We must believe in a God who says that all things are possible. All things are possible. It's in those moments your faith grows, and then it grows, and then it grows, and as it grows, man, you have the power of the risen Christ dwelling, living inside of you. Your faith grows, your boldness then grows, and as your boldness grows, we see the results from stepping out in faith. And as we see those results, man, we can't help but just want to spend more time with him. Paul wraps this whole thing up as the band plays that, uh, let's please raise a hallelujah again, please, guys. Paul wraps this whole thing up and he says this. In that last verse, he says that you may have the full measure of all that God has for you. That you may have the full measure of all that God has for you. And he continues on and he says, now to Christ who is able to do immeasurably more. So already in your mind, when you're thinking about the full measure of all that Christ has for you, you've already put a finite amount on an infinite God. When you think about the full measure of all that God has for you, let me begin to tell you, you can't grasp what God wants to pour out into your life. Now to Christ, who is able to do immeasurably more. In other words, you cannot even measure how much he's able to do to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask, than all I could imagine. The greatest thing that you can picture in your mind, the, the greatest blessing that you can picture, that you can conjure up in your mind, doesn't even begin to touch or scratch the surface of what God can do to you. He can do more. According to his what? Come on, one more time. According to his? Listen to this. According to his power that's at work. Come on. It's two words. It's pretty easy. According to his power that's at work where? Somebody's going to have to get it. Somebody's going to have to start understanding. Somebody's going to have to start grasping that, that yes, this powerful God, this, this magnificent God that, that created the heavens and the earth, that, that just spoke life into existence, that breathed, and all of a sudden I was walking. That same God is not some far-off distance God that, that one day when I die, I'm going to happily, you know, maybe if I did my life just right, I'm going to make it to heaven. That's not who he is. Man, this is a God whose power is alive within us today. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, unto him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Because all of a sudden when we start to grasp the power, when we start to step out in faith, when we start to realize the strength that God has extended to each and every one of us, generations are going to change. Your life is going to change. Your family's life is going to change. Your friends' lives are going to change. Your co-workers are going to change. Your children's children's children are going to change because God imparts generationally. God wants to work through you, not just so you can have a better life, man, but all of a sudden so that people you live among will see how awesome it is, the work that God is doing.
you see the faith in this prayer? This isn't some haphazard, laissez-faire, easy kind of prayer, man. This is, this is praying bold. May generations be different. Why? Because, because God can do exceedingly abundantly more than anything I could ever ask, imagine, or think. But who, who, who has that kind of faith? Who has the faith to truly believe that God can do immeasurably, immeasurably more than anything I could ever ask or imagine? Let me tell you who. Anyone who has the power of God dwelling in them. That's you. God, I need you. His strength. His strength to make it through a day. His strength to get up in the morning. His strength to, to not sit there and, and lay out in my depression daily. His strength to wake up, to wake up and, and to walk and to stand in the face of adversity and say, I'm going to make it through this storm. His strength to walk through the, the, the doctor's report that say, man, it doesn't look good. His strength to live a life full of abundance. His strength, his power every day in my life. In the face of darkness, in the face of adversity, I believe with all my heart that this is the place that God wants us to be. That each and every one of us have been filled with, 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 with His peace, by, touched by His power. That each and every one of us have the faith to pray boldly, to believe God for something, for something so much bigger than just the typical, the regular. And when He does, man, we're going to tell everybody it's because God showed up. You know I couldn't have done it on my own. You know it's not because of me. It's not because of my strength. It's not because of my ability. Uh, man, I, I, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate to stand in front of people and talk. I'll sit here and, and come up with all the reasons why I shouldn't. And all the while, all the while I'm saying, why bother? God's saying, just believe. All the while that I'm saying, why bother? God's saying, just believe. All the while that I'm saying, why bother? God is saying, just believe. If you bow your heads with me, church, I want to pray with you as we close here. Lord God, I thank you. And I pray, Lord, in the name of your son, in the name of uh, God, and I, I thank you for the blood of Calvary's cross, the fact that your son came, bled, and died for all who would believe. That anyone, anyone across this room, no matter what life they've lived or what life they haven't lived, Lord God, that you said, I died for you. I bled for you. But so much more than just died and bled for me, Lord God, you rose for me. That in the face looking at, at, at death, in the face of hanging on the cross, you were thinking about resurrection, Lord God. And in thinking about resurrection, you were thinking about the one. You were thinking about me. You were thinking about those across this room, Lord God, who who needed to understand love. I pray this morning that at your glorious riches, Lord God, that you could strengthen each and every one of us, your church, your people, with your power, that you would live, Lord God, that you would dwell within our lives. Father, I pray that, that each and every individual across this room would, would begin to grasp the power, that they would begin to grasp the, the understanding of how much you love them. Again, I every head bowed, every eye closed, I, I, I want to pray specifically for a few people here this morning. Look, if you're here this morning and, and you've never, never truly understood the love of God, man, I can't begin to tell you the story of Christ, how he came, he lived, and the very people that he came to encourage, the very people that he, he came to love, the very people that he came to, to, to save 
lashed out at him, called him names, and then beat him, saying, crucify him. Threw him up on a cross to die. Get him out of our lives. That same God, and all the while, the very people that he came to save, he was sitting there going, Father, forgive them, for they don't want what they do. They, they don't understand. They're not grasping this yet. But, Father, if my death helps them to, to grasp, acknowledge your love, man, God, bring it on. If you're here this morning and you've never had that revelation knowledge of God's love for you, man, I, I want to pray just that for you. And it really is just as simple as saying, God, I believe in you. If there's anybody here this morning that's never said that prayer or for whatever reason you feel like you've, you've slipped, fallen, backed away and, and haven't just sat there and walked in his love lately, man, if you just raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? Two here. Another here. Another here. I love it. Lord God, I thank you. We come before you, Lord God, and we thank you for life. We thank you for life abundant, Father. And right now, with those that raise their hands, Father, we simply say, I believe in you. God, I need you. Strengthen me. Let me begin to understand your love, Father. When, when the world has told me what I'm not, Father, I want to find out who I am in you. I thank you for life everlasting, for life new today, Lord God. Not the same as yesterday, but, but transformed, different. We thank you. Also across this room, if there's anybody here that is, that's believing for the impossible, your life in a family member's life in a situation whatever it is raise your hand i want to pray for that situation awesome hands across the room a lot of us going through situations i pray that each and every one of us across this room don't become so commonplace so so acceptance uh, of what we live in that, that we, we, we forget about the mountain that we don't see it for what it is Lord god i pray right now for every hand raised I ask that you would continue to build a faith, Lord God, in their lives, that they would step out into an understanding that all things are possible through you. Anything is possible with God. And Father, when the voices come in in our lives and the voices sit there and tell us, why bother? Why do you continue? Why God doesn't care? Why don't you, why don't you give up, Lord God? All the while, we would sit there and we would rest assured. We would just believe. We would step out in faith and know that God's got it. That we would believe in faith, walk in faith. God, I pray that you would build up the faith within this body. That you would build up a faith, Lord God, unlike anything that we've ever seen, Lord. And in, in all of a sudden, through our own lives, Lord God, not through some miraculous something else happening somewhere else, Lord God, but, but through our own lives, the people we live among will see how awesome it is, the work that you are doing. That we would be the testament, Lord God, that we would rise up and be a generation that causes this area, these people, to recognize that it was only by the power and the love of God in our lives that anything has happened. God, I thank you for your strength, for your power, for your son, for what you're doing, Lord God, through each and every one of us a simple faith, a simple belief in who you are, an understanding of your love that never fails, never ends, God. Unto you be all the power, the glory, the honor. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. As they sing us out, guys, come on, y'all give a clap to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it out. <laughs>